Hello and thanks for streaming this episode from ACF Church. Our hope is that this word would encourage you to walk closer with God and with your local church. We hope you consider partnering in the work God's doing here by joining a life group, serving, and giving. If you'd like to give financially to the mission of ACF Church, you can do so safely on our website at acfak.org or by texting the amount to 907-341-4213. Now prepare your hearts to hear God's word. Good morning, 11 a.m. How are you guys doing? Welcome to church today. Can we also give a huge welcome to everybody who's with us online? Thank you so much for being with us. You are part of our family as well. You guys, Christmas Eve is coming. This is the last normal gathering before Christmas Eve. So uh, we make it a big deal around here. It's a huge thing for us to celebrate that God is with us. And so uh, if you're new to ACF or new to this community, it is such a great opportunity for us to reach our city. And we're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be a great service. And so if you're someone who is kind of a procrastinator like I am, maybe you've put off inviting a friend to church, I just want to uh, ask you to to consider right now sending a text to a friend of yours. Just invite them to Christmas Eve. Tell them you're going to save them a seat. And, uh, and it's just going to be a great time with our community. So uh, join us for that as well. But I get the chance today to introduce to you Mrs. Angela Randall. Give her a hand for being here. Angela is... Uh, she's probably one of my favorite people. Do you know that? She's one of my favorite people. Angela, a couple of fun facts for you real quick. So Angela spent eight years uh, serving in the U.S. Army. Hua. Right? Yes, I did. Hua? Did I say that? Yes. Whoa. All right. Hua. Getting all educated. Right. I asked her at the first service what that means, and I don't know. She's supposed to tell me later. I was an Air Force brat, so I have no I idea. I said I couldn't tell um, him. He was Air Force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So also, also, she told me other little fun fact that, that during finals in college, she actually went bungee jumping which is a great way to focus during finals. Right? So, Students, prepare for finals, go bungee jumping. That's, yeah, that's, a, good, that's go. a good way to prepare. So anyway, uh, I have the chance to just introduce just Angela kidding. and have asked Sorry, her to, to close out our series today um, in our series Party Foul. And so I just want to pray for Angela, and then we're going to hear from God here today. So would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, thank you so much for Angela. Thank you for the word that you've laid on her heart. God, thank you for the Christmas season and all it means to us as believers, God. Uh, I pray that we'd be able to get some perspective today. God, we'd be able to look beyond the consumerism and, and all the lights and see the true God incarnate. God, that you are with us and that that changes everything about our lives. God, I pray for Angela that you'd speak to her, uh, prepare the soil of our hearts that we might be receptive uh, to your conviction and to your calling to something better. God, make it very clear to us what our next step is, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Would you welcome awesome. her one more time? Thank you guys very much. Awesome. Thank you so much. We are glad that you are here at ACF Church today worshiping with us. And if this is your first Sunday with us, we just want to say welcome home. We are glad that you chose to spend your Sunday morning with us. Now, we have been in a series called Party Foul, okay? And we've been taking a look at hospitality. 
And Pastor Brian taught us that the first week, hospitality signals God's grace to the world. That because we have been welcomed by God, we were far away. We were sinners. We were lost and we were without hope. But God, through his grace, has welcomed us. And therefore, we need to be the best at welcoming others. And that because of Jesus, that we have the greatest reason to celebrate, don't we? We have the best reason to have a celebration and a party, and his name is Jesus. And then last week, we took a look at communion. And I love that communion is gathering people around a table in remembrance of Jesus, that we need to invite others in that we are welcoming, that hospitality has a purpose of bringing people together. And so this week, what a better way to wrap up our Party Foul series than to talk about parties. And so that's what we're going to do, and we're going to be in Luke chapter 14. And so if you have your Bible, I would love for you to get that out, turn to Luke chapter 14. We also have a free ACF Church app. You can download that for your phone. You can find all of the notes um, as well as all the text that I'll be using today. Uh, You can use the notes that were handed you when you came in this morning, but Luke chapter 14. And so while you're turning there, what I want you to do is I want you to think about the best party that you ever went to. Think about that best party. Maybe it was one that you threw, or maybe it was one that you got invited to. What made it the best party? Was it the people that were there? Maybe it was the games that you got to play, or the food that you got to eat. Maybe it was the location. The best party. So I have two words for you, and they are pizza rolls. Got it? All right, Luke chapter 14, here we go. So I'm going to set the stage for you in that Jesus got invited to a banquet. He got invited to a party. It was a Sabbath meal. And it was at the home of a Pharisee, which is just a fancy way of saying a teacher of the Jewish law. And so here is Jesus invited to this banquet at the home of a Pharisee, surrounded by other Pharisees. And right up front in Luke chapter 14, the first thing we read is it says, everybody was watching him. Everybody had their eyes on Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, I do not like to be at the center of attention, and so this does not sound like a very fun party to be at. I'm the person that would stand back and just watch everybody else, but it says, nope, Jesus, everybody's watching him. Everybody has their eyes on him. And then it says, before him comes a man with dropsy. Dropsy is just another way of saying edema. It would have been a huge swelling of fluid on his joints, and it would have been very uncomfortable and very painful. And so here's Jesus. This man comes before him, and so he asks a question. And he asks these Pharisees, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And nobody says a word. Everybody's quiet. Nobody answers Jesus' question. But Jesus knows Jesus knows that they are probably trying to trap him. They have been looking for ways to accuse him. They have been looking for ways to bring charges against him. But Jesus also knows that right before him is a man who is hurting, is a man who's in need of mercy. And that is more important to Jesus than bowing to the self-righteous. 
And so it says Jesus heals the man and then he sends the man on his way. He asks another question of the Pharisees. Nobody has anything to say. They all remain silent. And so Jesus then turns his attention and watches them. It says that what he's doing is he's watching the way that these guests are coming in and seating themselves around the banquet table. Because in those days, there were higher places of honor around the the meal table. And what he's watching is he's watching these guests come in and they're fighting for these better seats. And so what Jesus does is he calls them out and he says, listen, when you get invited to a party, don't you fight for the higher seat, the better place of honor. Instead, let the host come in, let the host see where you're sitting and be like, no, no, no. Come, let me exalt you to a higher place. Don't you be the one to exalt yourself. Let the host instead exalt you. Now, if that weren't enough for Jesus to call out the guests for where they're sitting, then Jesus turns his attention to the host. And that's where we pick up here in verse 12. It says this, Then he turned to the host. When you put on a luncheon or a dinner, he said, Don't invite your friends brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will repay you by inviting you back. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then, at the resurrection of the godly, God will reward you for inviting those who couldn't pay you back. Now, how would you like to be at a party with Jesus? I mean, doesn't that sound fun? First, he calls out the guests, for where they're choosing to sit. And then he calls out the host and he says, listen, don't invite the people that look like you. It's almost like he's saying, now that I have your attention. And then it says in verse 6, 16, sorry, he, Jesus replies with this story. He said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. And then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who are invited shall taste my banquet. I love that here is Jesus telling a story about a banquet while he's sitting at an actual banquet. And I love that. I love how Jesus uses these common activities and he relates them to spiritual truth. Don't think that Jesus isn't concerned with where you are right now, or he doesn't see what you are doing right where you are. 
Don't think that just because you haven't had some miraculous mountaintop lightning bolt experience with the holy God that you can't hear from him or that you can't be used. He sees you and he longs to join you. Think about the stories that we read in the Bible. All throughout scripture, we see God coming down and joining people in doing what they are already doing in the first place. So whether you're studying for finals, you're sitting in class, maybe you're at work, maybe you're out on the flight line and you're directing aircraft, maybe you're taking care of sick babies in the middle of the night, or you're cooking a meal for your friends. Wherever you are, know that Jesus sees you and he longs for you to lean into his spiritual truth. And so in light of this story about a party, here is Jesus and he is wanting to teach both the guests and the host something very important about hospitality. Because again, hospitality signals God's grace. And so whether we are being invited, whether we are doing the inviting, both require a response to God. There's a book called The Hospitable Leader, and in it, Terry Smith writes this. There's a thinness between the kingdom of God and the world when we feast. Just as when Christ feasted, it was a sign of his kingdom on earth, so we too can feast as a sign of the presence of the divine. Isn't that beautiful? And that's what hospitality is. It's more than just getting together and hanging out. Hospitality is more than just being nice to people. But hospitality is a way of life, not just here at Christmas, but all year long. Hospitality has a purpose to bring people together so that they can all be a part of the best party of all. And so let's look at this feast here in Luke, and let's see what Jesus is teaching us. And let's go ahead and start with the people that got invited, right? Now, these are people that knew the party was coming. The first invitations had been sent out, and people were talking. Because in those days, again, it was customary to send out more than one invitation. The first invitation would kind of be, sometimes we do that today, a save the date, Get ready, it's going to be exciting. Keep your calendars open, save the date. And then the next invitation would go out, and the next invitation was, it is ready. The food is hot, the music is going, people are dancing, come and be a part of the celebration. The other thing that I learned when I was looking at feasts is the fact that this was a feast, this was a banquet that was actually given for the benefit of the people that were invited. It was given for the benefit of the guests. And so no expense would be spared. Not only would it have taken maybe all day to get ready for, it could have taken all week to get ready for. And yet listen to what we hear in verse 18. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Now notice that nobody that was first invited necessarily says no, but they make an excuse. And they say that there are other things that are more pressing, 
right? More important things that have come up. Now, first of all, if you were a wise buyer, you would have already taken a look at your land before you purchased it. You would have already tried out your oxen before you purchased them. And because this was a suppertime meal, a feast, a banquet, it would be dark. And there's no way that you could even go out and see the land. There's no way that at that hour you could even test the oxen. And really, because you're married, come on, it's a party. What a better reason to bring your spouse along. But what is your excuse for not coming to the party? Are you the person on Facebook that loves that they have that maybe that you can click as part of an invitation? I'll just click maybe. Then I don't have to commit. It's safer just in case something comes up, just in case I find something else to do. Then I don't have to hurt their feelings. I'll just click maybe. You know what? I'm an introvert, and I don't like small talk, and so a party mm, doesn't sound fun. It's finals week. I have so much homework. There's so much to do. I am tired at the end of the day. That's the last thing that I want to do is go and hang out with people. You know what? I'm in the military, and I'm PCSing in a year and a half anyway, so why should I get involved? I don't need to go. I already have enough friends, and the friends that I have, oh, they're already enough work. I don't, I don't need any more. Jesus knows that we all have demands for our time and for our attention, but I hope that you can see this week that there are people, not just here at ACF Church, but there are people in your work, there are people at your school, there are people in your family, in your community that they want you to be included, they want you to join in, they want you to be a part of the party. You might know all of the excuses in the book, but thankfully our God is a pursuing God. Now he's a gentleman, but he will not give up and he longs for you to be included. And so speaking of God, the perfect host, let's take a look now at the host in this story and let's think about what is Jesus hoping that the actual host is going to learn from this parable. Now listen to what happens after the excuses have been made, starting in verse 21. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, sir, what you commanded has been done and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. Sounds a little familiar, right? Think about what Jesus told the actual host of the party that we read back in verse 12. He turned to the host, when you put on a luncheon or a dinner, he said, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will repay you by inviting you back. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. So this first host, he had invited all of his buddies. He invited all of the people that looked like him, 
that talk like him. They probably all dress the same way. They probably spend all of their time together. Now, Jesus isn't necessarily saying that that's a bad thing. Because think about Jesus. Jesus had his three, and then Jesus had his 12. But that is not where Jesus spent all of his time. And so I think Jesus is trying to get at the deeper issue that's going on. Do all of the people that you hang out with all of the time, do they look like you? Do they sound like you? Are they the people that, ooh, they're going to have a really good party next week, so I'm going to invite them today so I can go to that really good party next week. Oh, this person over here, they always bring an amazing gift, and so I'm going to invite them because I know that I'll get a good gift. I think what Jesus is trying to teach the Pharisees is that true hospitality is unselfish generosity. True hospitality says, I want to treat you in a way that makes you feel comfortable, that makes you feel at home. And I think that's also why the host in Jesus' parable gets so angry when those first invited reject his invitation and start making excuses. Because that host cares so deeply for those people that he's invited. And they just slight him without giving it a second thought. This was a feast, a banquet, a party for their benefit. And yet they just say, nope, there are other more important things at hand. Now, I also found it interesting to note that, do you remember at the beginning of this party that there was a man with edema who was in their midst, and it says that Jesus heals this man and then sends him on his way? Now, that is all that we know from the text. That is all the text tells us about that man. But I cannot help but wonder if the people at the party are listening to Jesus and saying, wait a second, Jesus. Now, you're telling us to invite the people who are poor and crippled and lame, and, and we did that. Don't you remember this man with edema? We are the ones who brought him here, and yet you just healed him and then sent him on his way. But, but we did what you're telling us to do, Jesus. But true hospitality is unselfish generosity. I can just imagine Jesus saying, no, you invited him to trap me. You invited him as a show for what you could gain. You didn't invite him because you had a genuine concern for his well-being. And so who can you reach out to this holiday season that doesn't look like you? Who can you serve that can't bring the best gift, that has nothing to offer in return? ACF Church, as a family, I think shows hospitality so well all year long. If you've been coming for any length of time, you know about Impact Eagle River and how once a year we go out and we serve the community and ask for nothing in return. Once a month, we serve in Anchorage and we feed the homeless through Urban Mission. A couple weeks ago, we took up a dollar for change where we're throwing a party for some kids at Providence Hospital. And I encourage you, get involved. Be a part of this. We're going to have five parties coming up, like Pastor Brian was saying, five Christmas Eve celebrations. And what a great way, and I encourage you to invite people to the party. 
And so we have made it just one step easier for you to practically apply this. So go ahead and get out your action card and your invitation card. You should have one on the seat. Now this invite card right here, this is for you to take home. Put it in your pocket, don't forget it's there, and take it home, all right? But this action card is for you to fill out and then drop in the offering baskets when they go by. And we've given you some practical ways that you can give this invitation card out. So you take a look, bake cookies for your neighbor. It's okay to buy cookies for your neighbor. You can do that too, or your kid's teacher. But whatever you do, whatever you choose, then take this card, put that on this card and say, please, I would love for you to join me at this party on Christmas Eve. Pay for the person behind you in the coffee line. So the next time you're going through and getting your coffee, you know what? Take two of these cards and give one to your barista and say, I would love you to come to Christmas Eve service. And while you're at it, while I'm paying for the person behind me, please give them this card. Invite them to Christmas Eve. And then this last one, it says, invite someone to Christmas dinner. Maybe some of you are like, oh yeah, I know what it's going to look like. I know what I'm going to make. I know the games we're going to play. This is going to be awesome. I know the people that I'm going to invite over. Yes. And then maybe for some of you, you're like me, and your stomach just dropped a little when you read this one. Nope, I am not doing that because I'll tell you what, I do not have a Pinterest home. I do not feel like my space is set up to entertain very well. Not going to do that one. You know, because I love making food. I really do. But I like making food for my family because they are way more patient when not everything is ready at the same time. And they're way more forgiving. And I love playing games. I love playing games. But I love winning games even more. And so that's never good to invite people over for that because that just wouldn't go well. But what am I doing? All I'm doing is I'm making an excuse I'm saying that things are more important than people, than making a connection, than building a relationship. And thankfully, that is when God reminded me of pizza rolls. Yes, pizza rolls, all right? You see, because when my husband and I were stationed in Germany, it was very similar to here in Alaska in that uh, most military members were isolated from their families, and it was very expensive at the holidays to buy a plane ticket home for Thanksgiving or Christmas or New Year's. And so what Vern and I did was we invited the single soldiers in our units over for a Christmas party. I think we had four brave souls that took us up on it, because this was before YouTube, okay? And I couldn't look up how to make a turkey, but, I could preheat the oven to 425 and throw in a bag of pizza rolls for seven to eight minutes and voila, Christmas dinner. I think we had maybe four or five bags of chips. We had like three or four packs of Oreos. Um, we played ping pong on my kitchen table and I don't even think I won. And still, it was probably one of my best holiday memories. I just, we had so much fun. It was nothing fancy. Nobody brought any gifts. Nobody exchanged any gifts. But we were creating that thinness between the kingdom of God and this world. And so I encourage you, what does a Christmas dinner look like for you? Because I want you to remember that our mission in hospitality is to create a beautiful environment wherever we are. 
in the midst of where you are, what you are already doing in the first place. And so the last thing that I want to read as we close up here this morning is found in verse 23. And the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. Compel people to come in. These are the people, notice where they're found, out in the highways and the hedges. These are the people that would be outside the safety of the city walls. These are the people that are out in the community and they would need to be compelled most of all, they're outside the community, and they'd need to be compelled most of all because they have nothing to give in return. They would not feel worthy at all. And maybe that's you this morning. Maybe that first box on the action card is you, that you don't have anything to give, that you don't have anything to offer and you don't feel worthy. Well, I hope that you hear that Jesus wants you. He longs for you to be a part of the celebration and to join the party. This word compel is a word that means to urge or to have an irresistible effect upon. So it's not forcing someone to come. It's not using fear or guilt. Well, you better come or else. Well, you, you, you better show up or you know what? I'm done. That's not what compel is. What would even make them want to join you in the first place? What irresistible effect do you have upon them that would make them want to join you and be a part of what you are doing? Would they be made to be the center of attention, like that man with edema? Would they just be put on show? Or do you have a genuine concern for them to get to know the Savior like you know Jesus? This passage has been speaking to me because I have someone close to me who, for the time being, has decided to reject everything that they know about God and about Jesus. And so I struggle with this passage because I have a hard time compelling them when I want to just force them to believe a certain way. I know that I can't do the work that only God can do. Only God can do the work of salvation. But I also know that God is using me in a way to have this irresistible effect upon them that only I can. And I hope that you hear that God is using you in ways to the, compel the people around you in ways that only you can to have that irresistible effect upon them to show them that they're worthy, that they're worth it, that they're invited. And that's the picture of hospitality, isn't it? That's the picture of God's grace, welcoming others because we have been welcomed. None of us have anything to give. None of us have anything to offer. But Jesus invites all of us to come to him, to be found by him. And it's through his grace that we are worthy. And so don't commit the biggest party foul of all 
but celebrate the way that God has intended. Invite others in so that we can all be a part of that best celebration, that best party, that best feast that's going to go on and on forever and ever. Amen. Please bow with me. God, thank you so much for being the perfect host. God, thank you for loving us and for seeing us right where we are and right in what we're doing. Thank you, God, for using us in ways that only we can be used. Thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit who gives us strength so that we can serve others and so that we can look for ways to help. God, thank you that through your grace, through the blood of Jesus, that we are worthy, that we are chosen, and that we are loved. God, thank you for pursuing us. Thank you for not giving up and knowing that we can be found in you. God, I thank you so much for parties, and I thank you for this time of year where we can make connections, build relationship, and create that thinness between our world and your kingdom. We just love you, and it's in Jesus' holy and precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen.